Hi, I'm Tom Field, Vice President of Editorial with Information Security Media Group. I want to welcome you to one of our Executive Sessions interviews. Today I'm speaking with Sean Feeney. He's the CEO of Defense Storm. Sean, thanks so much for joining me today. Hey, Tom, thanks for the invitation, and I'm looking forward to the conversation. So, Sean, one of the things that jumps out when I look at your, your, your wonderful resume is that you've been in the tech space for about 30 years now, which is about two times forever in this space. You've seen some monumental changes in that time. What are some of the milestones that you've seen in your career? Well, I, I appreciate you pointing out how old I am and that I'm a, a dinosaur in this industry, Tom. Uh, but, uh, you know, I started in, uh, in 1986 at a company that was at the very tail end of timesharing. And so as I like to tell the young people in our company today, uh, I was in the cloud 30-plus years ago when we called it timesharing, and I've seen it kind of move to ASPs and all sorts of different things. But, you know, I think when you look at the biggest changes, when I was uh, began selling CRM or what we called Salesforce Automation System in the early 90s, you know, we were doing it on a grid laptop that had a 5-meg uh, hard drive. And... I can remember when the 10 and 20 meg hard drives came out and we were wondering what would you possibly put on all of that space. And so when you look at the, the user interfaces, the amount of computing power that we now have on our phones and just the mobility of, of everything, you know, those are some of the largest that I've seen. And, you know, we, I started kind of in the mainframe. I moved to, to client server. You know, I saw PCs and, uh, you know, now everything is uh, is moving into the cloud. And I think one of the interesting things is if you look at companies that have been dominant or are the leaders in various parts, whether that's timesharing, which used to be IBM and, and control data and companies like that that then moved to mainframe, you had IBM, you know, and the software providers in there, you had MSA, you had Cullinet, um, McCormick and Dodge. You know, none of those companies made the jump to client server, which was dominated by PeopleSoft and SAP. And, you know, now you see that, that next battle, which is kind of the, the cloud, and can those companies make the jump, or are they going to have to acquire their way into it? And I think you see Oracle buying NetSuite and other uh, acquisitions like that, Microsoft buying LinkedIn. In order to get to the cloud and get the more social and connected, uh, you see people having to, to do that. It's one of the things I talk to our company about is, you know, yes, we have a lot of competitors, we have a lot of established competitors, but the the future is usually won by new com- new companies with new approaches. And, uh, you know, that's probably the thing that I've seen most is never be surprised how quickly it moves. And you know, every time you think you've, you've done everything that can be done uh, from a technological standpoint, there's always another leap forward takes us in a new direction, which makes it exciting and why I continue to work in the space. Well, talk to me about the di- differences then. What would you say is the biggest difference between when you entered the industry and what you experience today? You know, I would say that the biggest, and I started as a salesperson, and so, you know, I've, I've come up the ranks as a sales manager, a sales executive, ultimately becoming a, a CEO. And I would say, for the most part, the things that made people successful and companies successful back in those days are the, are the same. You know, ultimately focusing on the customer, persistence and hard work, relationships, and, you know, doing what you say you're going to do when you say you're going to do it. From that point of view, those things remain the same. And while there's a lot of talk today about millennials and their sense of entitlement and the things that they do, I've found that good young people are the same as today as they were 30 years ago. They may have different interests. They may be looking at Facebook rather than looking at the newspaper or the racing forum that some of the older sales guys did when I started. Um, But they truly are invested in being successful and moving things forward. 
I do think what we've seen is more and more specialization and, and focusing on specific verticals or specific applications and then growing out from there. And I think Jeffrey Moore's book, Crossing the Chasm, talked about that. And I think of that as still being a cutting edge book, but realize that was written over 20 years ago now too. So, but I think a lot of the things are, are the same and they get colored with different things and in different ways of going it, but it's, it's ultimately engaging with that customer, delivering things that they need when they need them or a little bit ahead of when they need them. And then you know, reacting when things may go wrong and helping them out and doing that. Those are the keys to success in 1986, and those are the keys to success today in 2016. Now, Sean, you studied at West Point. How has that military training played a role as you developed your own leadership style? Well, I think the, the biggest thing that I learned at West Point, and I had this question asked to me by uh, an executive at a prospect a couple of years ago, was, number one, they overload you to the point of failure. And you realize that, Failure is not terminal, but in order to be successful, you have to collaborate and work with people and lead teams. And I think the second thing you learn at West Point and in the military is when you're in charge, be in charge. So I have a personal model that I've kind of developed over the years, probably based on some of the things I learned at West Point, which is think, decide, and act. And the think part a little bit comes from uh, Watson at IBM. You know, he, he always talked about thinking, but ultimately, you've got to make a decision, and, and you never have perfect information, and I think one of the things the military teaches you is you you do with what you have, and you make a decision based on the best information you have at that point in time, and then you act, and you act aggressively and uh, and execute that plan, and so those are the key things that I think I learned at West Point. I also got the ability to be a leader of a group of soldiers, and at 22 years old, I had 40 soldiers that looked to me for uh, basically taking care of them. Uh, we were in uh, in Germany, and then I quickly progressed to have 150 people in a, in a nuclear-capable uh, unit, which there can be no no mistakes, no defects, and uh, in taking care of, uh, of those soldiers. And when you're uh, 25 years old and you've been married for uh, for a couple of years and you're counseling soldiers who have been, you know, that are 35, 40 years old on what they ought to be doing with their lives, it, uh, it's it's pretty sobering and, and it's, you realize the responsibility that you have. And so, you know, when I look at being the CEO of a company, I realize that, you know, however many employees I have, whether it's a 1,000 or it's 25, I'm responsible for a 1,000 families and making sure that, that we're executing and doing well enough to not only take care of the customers, but to provide a career path and to provide a living to the people that are that are working in the company as well as delivering to the shareholders. So, you know, I think it was an invaluable experience, both my time at West Point and the six years I spent on active duty and the six years I spent uh, in the Reserve and the National Guard. You know, I call on uh, the things that I learned there uh, every day. And every time I start thinking I'm uh, I'm getting too big for my uh, britches or feeling pretty big, I realize, you know, I've got my classmate, Boo Boo Williams, who just came back from the, the space shuttle and is the longest serving guy in space. I've got uh, John Shimkus, who's been a congressman for 25 plus years, and uh, Joe Votel, uh, who's commanding the Middle East, and Tony Thomas, who's commanding all the special ops in the world. I realize, you know, running a software company and uh, and sitting behind a desk is, uh, is pretty easy duty compared to, you know, what some of my classmates there are doing. So it's also humbling. Well, that's exactly where I wanted to take you. As CEO of Defense Storm now, what would you say are the key leadership elements that you try to bring to the role? Well, I think first and foremost, I think one of the things that you learn from the military and you you impart to, to the company and the people that work for you is what I call and what the military calls commander's intent, uh, which in the civilian world we call vision. So what are we trying to do and how are we going to get there? And then communicating how we're doing against that. And, 
you know, one of the things that, that I'm big on is you have to communicate bad news as, as fast or faster than good news. So everybody wants to share good news. You know, everybody wants to hold bad news in. But, you know, especially in a small company like Defense Storm, finding out what's what's going on, what we're doing right, what we're doing wrong, iterating off of that, but also holding out the vision for where we're trying to get to as an organization. One, uh, it's the reason people leave big companies with better benefits and maybe better pay for for the excitement and and the uh, the ability to move the needle at a uh, at a smaller company and kind of painting the vision and what we're what we're going to try and do is a key part of that and that's one of the key leadership tenets. Secondly is you know I have a belief that culture trumps strategy at at every turn. So helping to build the cu- culture and I didn't start defense storm um, I came in at, uh, you know, kind of the, the two-year point, but protecting the, the, the great elements of the culture that have built the product and got the initial customers while then beginning to put my own kind of spin around that and taking the company forward in a way that, uh, you know, people ultimately uh, want to join. And then last, it's uh, it's to be the leader and to and to make the the key decisions. And uh, while you you uh, you take a lot of input and do a lot of things, ultimately, in a small company, the decisions come down to uh, to the guy sitting or the woman sitting in the in the CEO's chair. And I think ultimately, the company's not going to agree with every decision that you make. But what you strive for is for the company to have trust in your ability as a, as a leader to make the right decision. And while they may not see that today, hey, look, I've, we've worked with Sean. We know what he's doing. He explains why he did things. I may not agree with that, but I, I trust him to make the right right decisions. And then ultimately, you've got to have trust between your different groups. Your sales team has to trust the d- development organization that they're going to deliver things when they say they're going to deliver. The implementation organization needs to trust the sales organization that what they're selling are things that can be successfully implemented and make the the customer successful and ultimately, you know, we've all got to trust marketing to, to make people aware of what we're doing and the differentiation between us. And then the company's got to trust the uh, the management team and the executive team that, that they know where they're leading and can admit, admit mistakes and, uh, and, and go forward. And that also goes back to, you know, my military training is, you know, when you realize you've made a mistake, admit it and correct it. And it's one of the things that's exciting about working in a small company that it it's uh, it's easier to make those uh, those changes and and make them rapidly and uh, and move forward again in the correct manner. Sean, a few minutes ago, you acknowledged that you're in a pretty busy marketplace. So in this crowded space, how does Defense Storm really differentiate itself? How do you stand out? Well, I think that uh, it's both the uh, the curse and the opportunity of uh, of cybersecurity is a very uh, busy space today, and that that's because the threat is is real and it's. Uh, uh, it's around us every day, whether you pick up the New York Times, you pick up the American Banker or, or the Wall Street Journal, you, you see the impact of that. And so I think that the way that we differentiate ourselves is we're focusing on, on one specific vertical, which is the community bank and credit union space. We're specializing in that area. Now, we have customers that are outside of that area that we've, uh, we've taken on opportunistically to see how the product will fit. But I think ultimately we uh, we have a saying that we were started by bankers for bankers, and uh, we have a number of people in uh, in the founding group as well as our original angel investors, several of our, our board members who have either owned or run community banks or provided services to community banks. So the way we look at it is these are our friends, and so we know the industry. Uh, we know that the product needs to be efficient and it needs to be cost effective and it needs to work in an environment where you may not have a, a large staff like you would have at a JP Morgan or a, or a Huntington Bank or something like that. So I think ultimately the way that we are going to differentiate ourselves is by one, specializing in a, specializing in, in a vertical, 
but also bringing together in a single pane of glass the bank's policy, uh, ultimately uh, the, the cybersecurity, and then the community of all of the banks kind of working together and, and sharing information both on, on threats and, uh, and solutions. And I think we've, we've been architected from day one to operate in the cloud because we believe that that's only going to accelerate and more and more uh, things are going to be in the cloud. And while everyone uh, believes that uh, the various cloud providers are going to provide all the security that they're going to need, that is probably not going to be the case, and you're going to need, uh, you know, uh, defense in depth and, and layers of security, uh, much the way that you have in, uh, in other physical security areas. Sean, you really anticipated my next question because I'd heard this model of yours built by bankers for bankers. What's the message you want your customers to take away from that? I think that uh, the message that we want our customers to take away is that we understand the challenges that face community banks and credit unions with the growing amount of regulation and, and focus on compliance. And it's, and it's a very real need. And, and you know, anytime there's a, a real threat, you have a number of government agencies and banking associations getting involved. So we understand what the regulators are asking uh, for, and we're working closely with our bank customers to, to stay ahead of that. Um, secondly, we know that it needs to be easily explained what we do and easily priced. So if you look at it, one of our differentiators is, is we want everything that's on your network feeding information to our, our platform. And our pricing is indicative of us understanding the banking world in that, you know, we don't want people worrying about every asset that you put into onto the Defense Storm platform increases your price. Uh, we have a price for essentially all you can eat based on the asset size of the bank. And we think, one, that's easy for banks to understand. Two, it incites them to kind of put everything onto the network. And ultimately, we are uh, providing services for the for the smaller banks that can't afford to, to hire a full-time CISO or maybe in a location somewhere in the country where, you know, there just aren't a lot of, uh, of security people. We, now, we believe that that will change over the next several years and that ultimately, uh, you know, people will be using our platform. But we provide a service called Guardian in which we help them monitor and help them present to their, their board of directors as uh, required by regulators. So I think we understand the environment. We understand the growing uh, regulatory and compliance pressure. Uh, we also understand the uh, the cost pressure. And uh, uh, we also understand what, what they need to, to be secure and help them navigate the next several years in uh in this uh, kind of growing threat that we are all facing in kind of all areas of our life. So talk to me about the Defense Storm unified approach to cybersecurity. How is this approach approach unique from other offerings in the marketplace? Well, I I think, first of all, it's unique from the point of view that it was uh, it's architected from uh, the very beginning to operate in a in a cloud environment, and really today that's that's really a hybrid environment where you have some behind the firewall, you may have some things in the cloud, and being able to uh, provide that. But I think ultimately our approach is very similar to uh, what you would do in the military if you were defending something. You want a defense in depth. You know, one layer is your your malware prevention, and you know we don't get involved in that. Second level is kind of uh, you know, once you find something, how do you eradicate it? And then the third level is basically watching everything, which is what we're doing. And we're looking for patterns. We're looking for anomalies. We're looking for known threats and being able to identify that. And if you look at most uh, studies these days, say that basically everybody's network will be breached at one time or another and that it may be somewhere between six and nine months before someone exploits that breach. But you want to be monitoring 24 by 7, 365 days a year, which is what we're doing, and then providing rapid alerts and rapid actions once things are found. And I think that's the, the differentiator for us 
I would say one other thing that we have is uh, our development team came out of both cybersecurity space and the over-the-top video space. So they're used to sending and, and processing incredibly large amounts of data in very rapid time. So when you look at compared to a competitor where, where it takes multiple minutes, I had a customer say, look, you know, with what we had before, we would start a query, uh, we'd go to lunch and come back and have the results. With you, we have it in a, in a matter of, uh, of seconds. So I think a little bit of the way we've been architected and kind of the, the benefit of being new, of uh, being able to develop speed around the amounts, uh, incredible amounts of data, uh, and ultimately, you know, incorporating things like machine learning to ultimately strengthen the platform and strengthen the defense. So what are some of the, the tangible benefits that your customers see from this approach? Well, I think that, number one, they're more secure. And I think that anytime you're adding, uh, you know, additional layers of, of security, you know, they are absolutely more secure. Um, one of the things that we find is, and, and I think they're ultimately making decisions from a point of, of fact. So, you know, I know that in my uh, my last job where I was running a cloud company, my approach to security was going down and asking my uh, my security officer, you know, are we okay? And, you know, the answer was always okay. Yeah, yes, we're okay. But I think you, you ultimately learn that you've got to go a little bit deeper than that. So I think, you know, what we are providing is the mechanism for the security officer, the technology group, to be able to report to the C-suite at the bank and to the board of directors of exactly what what is going on and what is what has happened, and I think uh, another differentiating important ability is the ability to take a threat that's discovered today and look back over the last several months or several years of have we seen this in our network before? We just didn't know what it was or or there as well. So I think you know the ability to prove a negative, if you will, have we ever been infected by this uh, this malware or this virus? The ability to look back and look at that as well as, uh, you know, kind of monitor everything and see what's happening. One of the things we find is with just about every customer, when we get everything connected, they find somewhere from one to several assets on their network that they had no idea that were on there. In many cases, that it's benign, but in some cases, while we've been doing proof of concepts, we've, uh, we've found things that were pretty serious. And so I like to think that we help the, the board of directors and the CEO of the bank sleep better at night. Sean, we're sort of in the home stretch here of 2016, headed toward 2017. As you look ahead to next year, what are the security threats that concern you the most, and what are some of the solutions that maybe encourage you more? Well, I think that the things we talked about earlier is just the number of people focused on this uh, on the on the space and solving the problem. And I think the bad guys are just going to get better, and uh, and the good guys have to get better even uh, faster. I think we all agree that. At the end of the day, in 2016, going forward into 2017, the weak link are the humans. And I like to kid that, you know, the most vulnerable human in the in the organization to uh, to a phishing email is probably me, the CEO, because, you know, oh, that, that's curious. Let me click on that. And that's, you know, usually where a lot of things kind of get you uh, in trouble. So I think we'll see coming developments around uh, improved uh, security around that. I think ultimately the email providers are – going to have to do more and more and more in much the same way that, you know, we, we all got the same kind of spam junk email five years ago, you know, just in in, in hundreds and thousands, and, and those guys figured out how to how to solve that. I think we'll see more and more things coming around the, uh, uh, the email protection. I think the known threats uh, will get better and better, but, uh, you know, I was just at a bank down on the uh, the border with uh, with Mexico and, and talking to the CISO down there, you know, it's you're seeing a lot of the drug cartels begin to get into 
cybercrime because it's it's just easier than the than the drug business and the money's just as big. So I think the threat. I think with the amount of competition in the space, I think the the solutions are only going to get better and better. And you know, as Defense Storm and with our team, I like our I like our challenges, but I love the competition. I think it it makes the industry better and. It's a reason why, you know, small companies like us grow and, and get bigger and then ultimately can defeat the, the very largest companies because, you know, we've got to iterate and solve problems in hours to survive, not just compete. And I think that, that that's what excites me with, with what we're doing. And we've got a, a very good group of customers. We're, uh, we're about to break through the 20 customer barrier on our way to, you know, 30 and 50 and 100. And, you know, each customer that comes on board contributes to the community around uh, our product and, uh, and strengthening it. So uh, I'm excited about it. I'm paranoid and scared, you know, with, with what, what can happen with, you know, a large cyber uh, attack. But, you know, we're part of the defense in depth of, uh, of everyone trying to, to uh, foremost in our mind is protecting the banks that are our customers and uh, the prospects that will become customers. And then I think ultimately we will expand outside of uh, that banking industry, but we want to get some critical mass there. So, you know, it's always something that you don't see coming around the corner. And uh, uh, so we're very vigilant on uh, keeping our eyes on that. Sean, final question for you. How about the cybersecurity marketplace? In the last few years, we've seen a fair amount of, of consolidation, mergers and acquisitions. How do you see it further evolving in the year ahead? Well, I think anytime you have a lot of players in a uh, in a market expanding uh, rapidly, you see a lot of uh, M&A activity. You know, you see a lot of uh, kind of consolidation or mergers and activity kind of at the beginning of a market, and then you kind of see it at the end of the market. And I think that will uh, will continue as it becomes critically important. Companies need to have a solution and uh, and be able to uh, to answer their customers' needs in this area. And so I think you'll you'll see that ultimately uh, uh, continuing. I think that if you look at the investors and and what we're trying to do is we're trying to build a great company that uh, that does great things for our customers. And at the end of the day, everything else takes care of itself. And you know what we ultimately want to have is the option to brew, to do what uh, is makes most sense for uh, our company, our shareholders, and uh, uh, our customers. And if that's a, an IPO down the road, and uh, you know uh, drawing in additional capital to rapidly expand or just uh, continue to raise money and build the company or uh, or combine it uh, with a partner and uh, acquire some things that that those are all things that's impossible to to kind of know where that is but uh, uh, we like the space and we we like uh, what we're doing so uh, you know we're just focused on building a great company and uh, the rest will take care of itself. Sean if we're great, grateful for your time and your insight today thanks so much for taking time to talk with me. Hey, we appreciate your interest in uh, in Defense Storm, and uh, you know if anyone's interested in learning more, just go to uh, defensestorm.com and uh, and uh, or give us a call, and we'd be glad to uh, come out and help you. So, Tom, thanks for your interest, and I uh, enjoyed the conversation. You've been listening to one of ISMG's executive sessions interviews. I've been speaking with Sean Feeney, CEO of Defense Storm, for Information Security Media Group. I'm Tom Field. Thank you very much.